Now, just can I ask Eileen to come and read our scripture, a scripture passage to us from Exodus chapter 40. Thanks, Eileen. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 40. There's power in the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray that you will help us to have attentive hearts to hear what you would say to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now this passage is about the instructions that the Lord gives to Moses. And then it's about Moses carrying them out. So if you can just picture what's happening in your mind's eye as I read it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Set up the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, on the first day of the month. Place the ark of the testimony in it, and shield the ark with the curtain. Bring in the table, and set out what belongs on it. Then bring in the lampstand and set up its lamps. Place the gold altar of incense in front of the ark of the testimony and put the curtain at the entrance to the tabernacle. Place the altar of burnt offering in front of the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. Place the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Set up the courtyard around it and put the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard. Take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it. Consecrate it and all its furnishings and it will be holy. Then anoint the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils. Consecrate the altar and it will be most holy. Anoint the basin and its stand, and consecrate them. Bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance to the tent of meeting, and wash them with water. Then dress Aaron in the sacred garments, anoint him, and consecrate him, so he may serve me as priest. Bring his sons and dress them in tunics. Anoint them just as you anointed their father, so they may serve me as priests. Their anointing will be to a priesthood that will continue for all generations to come. Moses did everything just as the Lord commanded him. So the tabernacle was set up on the first day of the first month in the second year. When Moses set up the tabernacle, he put the bases in place, erected the frames, inserted the crossbars, and set up the posts. Then he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering over the tent, as the Lord commanded him. He took the testimony and placed it in the ark attached the poles to the ark and put the atonement cover over it. Then he brought the ark into the tabernacle and hung the shielding curtain 
and shielded the ark of the testimony as the Lord commanded him. Moses placed the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle, outside the curtain, and set out the bread on it before the Lord, as the Lord commanded him. He placed the lampstand in the tent of meeting, opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle, and set up the lamps before the Lord, as the Lord commanded him. Moses placed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the curtain and burned fragrant incense on it as the Lord commanded him. Then he put up the curtain at the entrance to the tabernacle. He set the altar of burnt offering near the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and offered it and offered on it burnt offerings and grain offerings. <coughs> as the Lord commanded him. He placed the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing. And Moses and Aaron and his sons <coughs> used it to wash their hands and feet. They washed whenever they entered the tent of meeting or approached the altar, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then Moses set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and altar and put up the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard. And so Moses finished the work. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Eileen, and we pray God would bless his work to us today. Did you try to picture all of those things happening? Guess when it happened? Did you notice? On the first day of the first month of the second year. And I feel it's appropriate today to think about New Year's Day. We're here on a Sunday, it's New Year's Day, it's the first day of the year. Moses, as Eileen said there, was obedient to the Lord's commands to the letter. And a lot happened that was glorifying to God on that New Year's Day. So just have that picture in your mind about that as we go through the sermon today. And, and just think about it. Thanks, Joe.
Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to meet here today in this place. And we do pray, Lord God, we acknowledge that this is your word. And we would ask you to speak to us today from your word, God, in Jesus' name. We thank you for your word that has already been read to us this morning, Lord. We pray you would speak your word to us as you promised to do. You are faithful, God. We pray, Lord God, that we would hear your voice today. We pray, Lord God, that you would instruct us and guide us as we enter this new year, Lord, with the things you would have for us. We pray for the leading of your Holy Spirit and for your voice alone to be heard. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. New Year's Day today signals a time of change. It's as we move from one year into another, it causes us to do probably a couple of things. First of all, to maybe reflect back on the previous year and all that's gone before, maybe years. But it also causes us to look ahead. And when we look back, there's maybe a, a mixture of good and bad feelings. Do you not sense that yourself when it comes to this time of year? You, you look back and there's a mixture Good times, bad times, difficult times. But you know that as believers in Jesus, as Christians, we have a reason to be encouraged at New Year. We have every reason to be encouraged and not to be discouraged. First of all, God says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We know that we never walk alone as we enter this new year. God is with us. Also, as we just saw there in the video, we see that in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And that is true for every one of us who's ever believed in Jesus. We have a new start. And even as believers, we mess up and we fail. Just like Moses did, by the way. But God is a faithful God, and when we respond to him in spirit and in truth... He picks us back up again. Remember that chorus of that song? I like it. You are my rock in times of trouble. He lifts me up when I fall down. I fall down. You fall down. But the Lord holds us in his hands. When we're a true believer in Jesus Christ, we don't escape his hands. Don't we not? No matter what the enemy would say to us about the last year, no matter what we would say to ourselves or anybody would say to us about it, God is faithful. And when we entrust our lives into his hands, he never lets us go. Isn't that a great encouragement? There was a picture there of a man entering a house. We heard an imagery from God's word there as well about the tabernacle, God's house. And there's a very, very real sense, and we'll hear it today as we look at God's word, that when we enter into faith in Jesus Christ, we've opened the door and we've entered into a place of safety. A new house. Both now, we're in the house of God now, as a believer in Jesus, in the family of God, as believers together, but also even when we die. What a wonderful promise. I do not know what lies ahead, but I know where I am. I'm in God's hands. I'm in his house. It's very encouraging, isn't it? God is faithful to us. So New Year is a time of new beginnings. It's a time when we do think to ourselves, as believers, you know, what, where are we going? What is it that's happening? What's happened before? But we do know who holds the future. And he holds us in his hands. With God, things don't just happen. Everything by him is planned. 
So as, as I face tomorrow with its problems, and they will be there, large and small, I'll trust the God of miracles. Give to him my all. Isn't that true? That's like a life testimony, that song, isn't it? <laughs> and it's a good song for New Year's Day to remind ourselves of the truth. So we meet here today on New Year's Day, and it is a great day. We give thanks to God for what has gone before, and particularly over the past year and God's faithfulness. And we also are encouraged by His promise that He is with us and He will lead us onwards as we stay true to Him. Moses, there, as we read earlier on, was God's appointed leader to lead His people over Israel. And God has called us to do things in our lives as well. He has tasks for us to do. He has things, good plans to prosper us, as the word says, and not to harm us. I know the plan I have for you, says the Lord. Doesn't that encourage you? You think, what's my plans for this year? Well, okay, just scrap that idea. God has a greater plan. We don't need to worry about the plan, because God has it. And as we read there, you'll see quite a detailed plan for Moses' life. But he was instructed to do very, very specific things. And he was told to unlock them and do a lot of these things on New Year's Day. God had a plan. God had a purpose. Individually for Moses and for his people. And he has a plan for you and me, all of us today, as we enter this new year. As Christians, we get under pressure at times, don't we? One of the pressures we get is to give up. Because the Christian life isn't easy. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And we would be wrong to think that that was a wonderful scene there that Moses had in Exodus 40. But there was a lot of trial went on before that. There was walking through the wilderness. There was failure. There was disobedience. There was the anger of the people against Moses and the difficulty as a leader he had. There was no doubt his own doubts in his own mind over where he was going. But right at the end of the book of Exodus we see the fulfilment of God's plan. And it all comes together as a place of worship, a place of testimony, a place that gives glory to God. God's a tabernacle set up to the glory of God. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But no doubt there would have been times when the believers there struggled and were tempted to turn back. In fact, we know they were tempted to turn back. It tells us in Exodus the people were tempted to turn back. So I've got one thing just to encourage all of us with today. Don't turn back. God has a good plan. He's got a good purpose. Even though things are difficult, it may feel like a wilderness at times. You're not alone. God's presence was with his people day and night. And God's presence now as believers in Jesus is with us day and night. And he knows exactly what he has planned for us. So let's not give up. So let's have a little look at a passage in Hebrews 3. If you'd like to turn to it in your Bibles. There's some Bibles available. If you put up your hand if you don't have one, there's a Bible available. The verses will also be on the screen. Hebrews chapter 3. (laughs) 
Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling fix your thoughts on Jesus the apostle and high priest whom we confess He was faithful to the one who appointed him just as Moses was faithful in all God's house Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses just as the builder of a house has a greater honour than the house itself for every house is built by someone but God is the builder of everything Moses was a faithful servant as a servant in all God's house testifying to what would be said in the future but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house and we are his house if we hold on to the courage and the hope of which we boast and we pray God you would speak to us from your word today in Jesus name so we see the writer to the Hebrews is drawing a comparison to what the picture we read there in Exodus between Moses and Jesus it's very clear and he's making no mistake about it in verse 1 there that the focus of this passage is Jesus that's the main focus fix your eyes fix your thoughts on Jesus he says but I want to take just some time to look at the character of Moses because he's mentioned in this passage verses 1 to 6 and there's obviously things that were were to take out of this from Moses' life so let's have a wee look at the character of Moses himself what should we take on board from his life well we read in verse 2 there that Moses was faithful in all of God's house and we read again in verse 5 that Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house so both those verses there are referring to Moses' faithfulness to God as a servant in his house. And that's obviously a key aspect of a character of any believer, isn't it, in Jesus, that we are called to be a faithful follower. God instructs us from his word. God directs us from his word. And we're called to be faithful and follow him. So who was this Moses? Well, Moses was chosen by God to lead the people of Israel out of a very difficult place of slavery in Egypt and to lead them onwards to the promised land. There was blessing to come. And God had a purpose for Moses. And you remember when God first called him, what did Moses say? Send someone else. Because Moses didn't have any confidence in himself. Moses didn't. Moses felt like a failure, as so often we all do. But with God, failure is never final. As we saw in the video earlier on, we all have a chance in Christ to be a new creation. And there is always forgiveness available to us. Moses had failed in his life, but God had a plan. And God had a calling on his life. And although he didn't want to respond, in a way God just encouraged them along he says right okay Moses says I can't speak Lord he came up with a classic excuse (laughs) God says I've called you to go and speak I can't speak I'm not a good speaker so what did God say I'll send Aaron with you he'll speak but you've still to go and you've still to do exactly what I told you to do so maybe what can we take from that ourselves sometimes God would call us to something and we feel inadequate we feel unable to fulfill the call but that's okay because God will make it possible for us to fulfill the call in our lives. He will give us 
the people around us, he will give us the circumstances, he will give us the strength and the supernatural ability to do what he's called us to do. There's a scripture in the New Testament that says, God has given us the power both to will and to do what he's called us to do. To want to do it, he'll give us the power to want it and he'll give us the power to do it. So Moses was sort of dragged out against his will almost. But he followed God. He was faithful and he did follow the call of God. And God, what happened? Moses was faithful to God and miracles happened as a result. I would like to suggest to you that's what always happens when people of God are faithful to him. I'll trust the God of miracles. Give to him my all. We trust God. We simply are faithful to him and what he's called us to do. We do the simple thing. He does the amazing thing. We act in simple obedience. God works a miracle. That tabernacle was a wonderful thing. It was constructed for the glory of God, but it wouldn't have been anything special without God being present. It would have just been man-made objects. But people of God were faithful to his instructions, God's instructions. They put it together the way God had told them to do it. And God sought to presence himself there and to bless them mightily. And it's like that when we serve God here. God has called us as a church to serve him, to put a place together for him. That's what we've done. We followed his calling. There's a vision and there's a fulfillment of the vision. But in the middle there's obedience required. And I praise the Lord for obedience of God's people in this place where they had a call of God in their life to go out into what seemed impossible and they obey God and in simple faith step out I'm going God and follow his instructions and what does God do? He builds the house he makes it something that's special otherwise it's just a building the thing that makes everything special is when the Lord's in the work can you see the Lord in the work here in Moodysburn? Because I can't. Because lives have been touched. Lives have been changed. Even by walking into this place. And while we know that the Old Testament is a shadow of the future things to come and we're going to go into that, it's also a picture of the wonderful things that happen when God's people dedicate things to God. Isn't it? When we dedicate things. We take our hands off it and we say it's yours. This place is yours. This church is yours. This work is yours. And we're merely servants in your house. And the miracles happen. The miracles happen. God presences himself. God works in the situation. God answers prayer. But Moses, like us, what can we take from his life? Well, Moses had to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not strong in himself, strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power. And we have to be strong. When we don't feel strong, be strong in the Lord. Trust in his strength. He was faithful. And we are called to be faithful. Moses wasn't perfect, let me tell you that. But he was faithful to God's call in his life. He was consistent. He answered when God called him. And he did what he was told to do. And that's simply what we are called to do. As well. Be faithful to God. And they had a wonderful New Year's Day that day, didn't they? A lot was accomplished on that day. 
a lot of preparation, a lot of obedience has happened and God did something miraculous. And we didn't read to there, but shortly after the next verse 40, it talks about the glory of the Lord filling and overwhelming the tabernacle. Wasn't that wonderful? Now that was wonderful. And we're called to follow in Moses' example as a faithful uh, servant of God. But that's, these things were a shadow of what was still to come. A foreshadowing of God's greater things that he was going to bring to all of us. There's greater things to come in the future. And that's why we turn there to Hebrews chapter 3 where the contrast is made to Jesus. Because the greater things, it's not greater things to come, it was the greater one who was going to come in the future. And the tabernacle with its system of sacrifice for sin, the priest standing, bringing a sacrifice before God that was pleasing to God, and the people's sins being covered and taken away, that was an image, a picture, and a demonstration of something greater that was going to come in the future. And that greater thing was Jesus Christ himself coming as the saviour of the world. So I think it's very fitting this New Year's Day to look at the focus of Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. The writer to the Hebrews tells us clearly that the greater one that we were expecting that, that was coming into the world is Jesus Christ. He also declares that he is God himself. Which makes him far greater than not only Moses, but it makes him far greater than anybody else. He says there, uh, you can see that in verse 1, he talks about him coming as a priest. He's our great high priest. What does that mean? Well, it means Jesus came to pay the sacrifice for our sins. But the difference between the old sacrifices and the new one is that our great high priest paid the sacrifice for the whole world's sin once for all time. Whereas in the Old Testament days in the tabernacle, the sacrifices had to be repeated again and again. Although it was a glorious thing and the Lord's presence was there and there was covering for sin, it was repeated and repeated. So no doubt it would have been a very frustrating experience, so to speak, for the people, knowing that again and again they were coming for sacrifice. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 11, Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Praise the Lord. And that's the truth we now live in today. That's the New Testament revelation. The full revelation of God's perfect plan for us, isn't it? Jesus has paid the price for our sins on the cross. But we have to do something about it. And I know that, praise the Lord, the majority, if not all of us here, would know what it is to ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Saviour of our lives, to trust that he died for our sins. But maybe not all of us know that. And I'd just like to encourage you today, if you'd never taken the step... We have a problem of sin in our lives, of all the wrong things we've done. And we need a sacrifice on our behalf to pay the price for that sin. Because it's separating us from God. So if you haven't done that today, you have an opportunity right now today on New Year's Day. There couldn't be a better day to do it on if you haven't done it already. On this New Year's Day to trust Jesus Christ as your one and only sacrifice 
to pay the price for your sins. Ask him to forgive you for your sins. It's as simple as that. Believe that he is God. And he didn't just die. He died to pay the price, but he was risen again three days later. I really love this banner here that was made for this church. It has a cross on it. And it has the words, Jesus lives. Because we serve a living living saviour. But we need to respond to him. So I'd just like to encourage you again today. If you haven't received Jesus as your saviour. You can do that today. And speak to me afterwards if you'd like to, to do that. But as Christians. If we've trusted Jesus already. Let's be encouraged on this New Year's Day. You know the Christian life as I've said. Isn't always an easy life. But it is a heavenly calling. It's not an easy life. The Christian life. But it is a heavenly calling. And a heavenly calling is far greater than any other calling we've ever had. It's the best. It's the best we could ever have. It's far greater than anything we would ever have had in our life before Jesus. It's a heavenly calling. It's not an earthly calling. It's a heavenly calling. It's from God. The old life we had of sin is is now gone. We've been given a new life and a new calling to live that new life for God. So let's, just a a word to myself and to us all today. When you preach, you need to always preach to yourself. And I'm definitely preaching to myself too. Let's all not go back to the things God called us out of. Let's obey God and follow the heavenly calling on our lives. And it is possible, you know. It is possible. All the way through history, as we see in the Old Testament, God has empowered his people to follow the calling on their life, even when it seemed impossible. And in the New Testament, you see basically a bunch of ordinary people who had an extraordinary God. That was the difference. The angels appeared to shepherds. I was listening to a Christmas Eve carol service and a shepherd was actually testifying saying that in Jesus' day shepherds were nothings shepherds were less than ordinary they were regarded as nothing in society nobody had any time for them yet God called shepherds ordinary people God called them he went out of his way to call them and he goes out of his way to call our name isn't that wonderful you think I'm nothing you think what is God going to do with me I'm just ordinary. I'm just, I've got nothing to offer. God's calling you. God's calling me. And here's an even more marvellous picture of God. The good shepherd. He's our good shepherd. Isn't that a humbling testimony of God? God's willing, although he's great and so marvellous and so wonderful, the author of creation, he stoops down lowly and he makes himself a shepherd for you and me. Isn't that an amazing thing? He goes out. I think the picture of Jesus as a shepherd is the most beautiful picture in all of Scripture. Because he loves, the shepherd loves the sheep. The shepherd humbles himself. The shepherd goes out and calls them. He says, Andy, I know you, Andy. I'm calling you to come to me. I know you, Benson. I'm calling you. Isn't that wonderful? A shepherd loves the sheep. A shepherd has to love his sheep, has to know them. And they know him. And they hear his voice and they respond and he leads them. That's the most wonderful New Year picture I could think of. 
Jesus is the good shepherd. If you come to him for the first time, he's calling your name. He's saying, come in. Come into the fold. I know you by name. Just come. Believe in me. And if we're a believer in Jesus and if we're stuck, if we've wandered and we feel out there, he'll come and get us. He'll call us by name. He'll say, come back. I have a good plan for you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to walk ahead of you. And another wonderful banner in this place is the is the Jesus one over there. As the good shepherd, I would depict that. He loves you. He loves me. Incredible as that sounds, he loves us all. So much. I can actually, even in that picture, whoever drew it is beautiful. You can see the love in the, the eyes of the depicted Jesus there. Looking out. And to me, what he's doing there... He's got sheep in the fold. But there's those that have wandered and there's those that haven't come in yet. And he's looking out. And he's calling their name. Because he loves them. Because he died to save them. So let's not go back. We're following the good shepherd. That's what we have to do. And God loves us. He only wants good things for us. He wants to bless us. Both individually, as a person. He wants to bless our families. He wants to bless our friends. Everyone to whom we would meet. He only has good things for us. So there are many reasons why Jesus is greater than Moses or indeed anybody else. We've seen that he's our great high priest. And importantly we do need to understand and trust in him as God and saviour of our lives. Then in verse 3 we see uh, the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. So we see this imagery here of God being the builder of the house. And so what is this house that's been referred to? Well, the house is the church. The church of Jesus Christ is what's been referred to here. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. So we see the wonderful picture there of Jesus. Not only the great high priest paying the price. The sacrifice for our sins. But also he's the builder of a great house. And this house is greater than the one that was in the Old Testament. So there's an encouragement for us there as Christians. To trust in God to build his church. To trust in God to build the work here we may not know what lies ahead but he does and I'm very thankful to God to see what's unfolded up till now here in this place and no doubt wherever God's called you to as well but there's more to come he's building he's building and by building there's people being added to the church praise God people added to the church coming in that door coming into the house of God and we pray for more of that because that's what the church of Jesus Christ is all about worshipping him and evangelising others telling others about the good shepherd that loves them going out and seeking the lost sheep but I just want to think lastly just character wise of Jesus that he is absolutely faithful in verse 6 he's faithful as a son over God's house he's over it, it's his and he's faithful However faithful Moses was as a servant in God's house, he was nowhere near as faithful as the God who built the house. And that goes for us too. No matter how 
faithful we would be in service to God it pales in comparison to the faithfulness of God who's over us the God who's building his house around us isn't that marvellous? great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness all I have needed thy hand has provided great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me he never changes he never lets us down he's faithful over the house So just a closing application I would have for us today is just to remember that both in this church here or wherever church you attend we're all part of the church of Jesus Christ when we're believers in him. Remember that God's faithful. That he's promised to build his house. And it's a marvellous thing to behold. And as a wonderful encouragement to us we are all his house. It says they are straight from the scripture. We are, we are his house. So God has a good plan for us individually as members of his household. He has a plan, a specific plan. <clears throat> God wants to build us up. God wants to send us out in service. And he wants to use all of our lives to be a blessing to other people. And he knows the plans that are ahead this year. We just need to put our trust in him. And let him empower us to live this new life he has for us. You notice the last couple of words, and I think it's because we need these words sometimes. If we hold on to our courage, and the hope of which we boast. How many times throughout the word of God did God say to people that he called, Do not be afraid, be strong and very courageous. Often followed by the words, For I am with you, I will never leave you or forsake you. If you're anything like me, when you enter a new year, there's a bit of fear of what's ahead there's things happened you don't know what's going to happen in the future God says to us as believers don't be afraid take courage trust in me I'm faithful I am the Lord I never change other people let you down circumstances don't always go the way we want them to go but God never lets us down isn't that wonderful God never ever changes who he is to us so we have to be take courage in that and the hope that we have so do we have a hope today for 2012 we have a hope it's steadfast, it's not moving, it's not going if our hope is in Jesus it's strong and we can be strong not because of who we are but because of who he is and I want to personally just pray and give thanks to God for his house give thanks to God for everything that he's done over the last year and also to lead us into the new year isn't God a God of miracles? I met a man the other day walking in Moody'sburn who says he's never been in this place or the coffee house or the church yet he testified to the things God is doing here. Is that not a miracle? A man walking a dog in the street who's never been in the building could tell myself and Hugh about the work God is doing here. He said he's going to come as well. (laughs) So pray that he comes. But I want you to know God is doing something special here. And no doubt, if you trust God, the promise to you is he will do wonderful miracles wherever you are, when you trust God. But remember, it's not going to be easy. There's the the song by Andre Crouch, which some, some people would know. It says this. I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I would, wouldn't know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend 
upon his word. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you.